I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform that's making my training fun and also effective, actually, for the first time in a number of years. This is the Basque Country Stage 5 Recap from Zamudio to Mayabia, we finally got the GC action. I did uh, mission-style Robert De Niro penance walking up Costa Seda this morning. Check it out on my Instagram stories. Uh, and also we'll be sort of vlogging on there and on LSCP Twitter when we go to the Giro. Uh, I went up a muro on my legs to honor this stage. And I was, we were rewarded with insane gc action it's almost like being in a time capsule benji last year we were having the same debate on the same second or third last stage about gc it's 163 k's the up and down all day but there's the carabietta climb 6.8 k's 5.4 percent but the first three k's are 8.6 percent and then there's an uphill ramp finish the last 500 meters are disgusting and it started raining 15% 15% plus pinches. But tricky stage, Benji, and one where the fight for the break was, yeah, it was furious and nasty and riders getting in there that shouldn't be. Yep, certainly. And we saw moves that initially perhaps were dangerous, like a Bilbao going into the breakaway. That's a very intriguing part of today's stage. He was in the breakaway, a strong breakaway with the likes of Marc Solen in the breakaway as well. Carlos Rodriguez, those are three riders that are pretty notable climbers, I dare to say. Some other riders in there as well from other teams that wouldn't play a big role in this breakaway. But also Lucas Hamilton from Beck's Bike Exchange that would also play a role in the stage. But Bilbao eventually got bullet out of the group because obviously he's on like 18 seconds in GC. So clearly they they were not going to be happy with having a rider like that in the breakaway. In the peloton, they were chasing behind that. Yumbo had subcars in the breakaway, but still was chasing in the group behind because they were not happy with the fact that Bilbao is in the breakaway. Soler is on a minute in that breakaway, which is also intriguing for the rest of the stage. Now, a few kilometers later, I think roughly with 60, 70 kilometers to go, we had a, a descent where Lucas Hamilton was very, very lucky, where he ended up in a ravine, where like there's a shallow part in the ravine and then there's a very deep part, like a meter further. And his bike swept over him into the deep part and he was lucky to land right in the shallow part and it looked like he was in real shock so yeah they took him out of the race eventually it looks like he had a bit of an injury on his arm but it could have been so much worse there so glad he's relatively okay after that crash personally now we go further into the race and this breakaway starts to become intriguing because in the peloton you've got quick step pacing yumbo pacing one by one their riders are being spent and in the breakaway, it starts to go down towards just Soler and Rodriguez being left. And Elisondo was the last one to drop next to those two. And Soler and Rodriguez, well, I'm going to call him Rodriguez, sorry. But Soler and Rodriguez, Rodriguez, whatever, 
that's intriguing because the gap was up to three minutes, four minutes at a certain point. Soler on a minute in GC, Ineos wasn't liking that. And Rodriguez doesn't take over anymore. What did you think? Do you think that's a good decision? Uh, yeah, when it was four minutes, that was fine to conserve. But I was surprised he didn't take over when it got a little bit shorter. When it got to... So Yumbo were running out of domestiques pretty quickly. Kus not able to be there long today. Um, they weren't really able to control this. Ineos obviously not controlling with the rider up the road. It was really Bora controlling a fair bit, sending domestiques, and the Hermanator Pernsteiner sent for Bahrain, <laughs> who have Bilbao here, and a big race for him. So, yeah, it was at two minutes, even 2.30. With This was with before the Carabietta climb, Carabietta climb with 25 k's to go. I was like, he should take over on the flat. Not necessarily... 50-50, but I thought he should give a little bit on the flat because I understand the strategy of letting Soler bring you forward, conserving, yeah. attacking him on the climb, and then maybe GC sits up. So that, I get it, but it was getting a little bit close. And also, it was putting a lot of pressure on those teams who were burning domestics very quickly. We got to the base of the Carabietta, and Buchmann was pacing very, very hard for Vlasov. Vlasov a big chance to do well on this stage. He's very, very punchy at the moment. It's his long climbing that's been an issue. He's at good form at Indorain before this. And I think, yeah, I just saw Roglic Benji. Just noticed the whole time he was on Adam Yates and Alaphilippe's wheel. And it seemed yep. to be, this is throughout the whole climb, it seemed to be a concerted decision. And Jonas was at the front. On Danny Felipe Martinez, the, the, the goateed assassin, he's on his wheel. And that didn't make any sense to me initially because I was like, Danny Martinez is above Jonas on GC by 10 seconds. So if he attacks and Jonas goes with him, well, Martinez will just keep pulling. And, you know, maybe he's got Rodriguez at the road too as a satellite rider. And Yates has looked awful or not, or not really done much. And and Alaphilippe's not really a GC threat, so that was curious to me. Uh, what where Roglic and Jonas were positioned next to that, with like forty-seven kilometers to go, there was this moment where Roglic was like touching his leg and like pushing it down, like the same way you would do when you have like cramps in your upper leg. It was super weird. I just wanted to add that in for context. Yeah, and he said yesterday or the day before, oh, he's not feeling so good. And then there's a couple of these finishes where. I thought it was more a positioning issue than legs. Uh, well, there were positioning issues for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to believe him sometimes as well. Like he said the same at Paris-Nice or I can't remember. He often says, and Pogaccio says the same thing and it's kind of infuriating. And I think Thomas Thomas called it out on Twitter the other the other week where, was it Roglic or Pogaccio? They were like, oh, very hard stage. I don't feel good. And then it was Torini or something. And they just destroyed everybody. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, the person who comes out of an exam and says, oh, I think I failed. And they get top marks. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's, I don't, it's hard to know. Hard to get a read. We get to this Carabietta climb, the steep section. No, nothing really happens in the GC group except for a Cofidis rider attacked and Frail marked him and then he dropped. Yeah, for no reason. Are you, are you surprised by Frail's performance? At Paris, he was good. I think he's been weaker than in Paris at this race, certainly. And he was key last year in the uh, final stage when it comes to the Astana raid. So I guess I was hoping for him to play a role in these last few days of 
Basque Country, but he hasn't been that crazy. If you only respond once to a rider that is that confidence ride, when you drop instantly after, it's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I thought he'd be launching Martinez a little bit later on this climb. Anyway, before we get into the chaos that kicked off, mention our show partner, Zwift. Zwift is the online cycling platform and running as well that makes training engaging with the community on Zwift and fun. If you have a bike with a power meter, you don't need a smart trainer. If you don't have a bike with a power meter, you need a you can have a smart trainer to connect to Zwift. It's very simple. There's a Zwift companion app, which you can have on pretty much all your devices, including your phone. If you want to check out Zwift and start training or just sometimes what I do a lot of the time, just noodling around rather than any concerted training just to get some hours in on the bike, there's a free seven-day trial through the link in the description down below at Zwift.com. Thanks as always to Zwift supporting lrcp false flat it's remco time there's a false <laughs> summit on this climb and it levels off remco goes hard yon is a gear on his wheel Jonas third vlasov mas martinez chasing from behind no roglic in this group i was initially like this is a problem benchy straight away this is a problem yeah i thought so as well it is a problem because Jonas is reacting to people that are ahead of him in GC. And if Roglic does not react, who is he marking? You've got Alaphilippe left in the group surrounding him, Adam Yates surrounding him, but it looked like when Jonas responded that Roglic was also responding on the right side of the road in the wheel of Tau Gegenhard, and then suddenly moved to the left the second that he probably noticed that Jonas was responding. Because otherwise you wouldn't first react and then instantly stop and go back into the group. It it was also a flat part, so it doesn't seem like something a rider would do when he's completely done for. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was. I think, and I'll get to it. We'll have to. I'll describe what happened first. So they go. Remco's pinning this descent. This group is contained probably a collection of some of the worst descenders in the GC field including martinez and enric mas mas is losing remco's wheel martinez loses mas wheel Jonas eventually has to come back and close remco who's attacking on the descent it's a fast flowing one and behind we see bilbao bridging across so this group didn't just go like on a steep pinch where there's if you didn't have the legs at that moment you had no chance no no bilbao missed it initially and it was like shit this has got every gc contender except roglic and he bridged across obviously uh, elite descender and of course the group isn't chasing because bora ineos movistar quickstep are all represented so it's really whether yumbo will chase it's just roglic he's not fdj i think godu wasn't able to close and yates isn't closing so the group wasn't even working that well it really wasn't working that well master yep. was shouting at remco to pace Jonas, I don't know if he knew what to do initially. If you, He was pulling through initially a couple of times, didn't later. Uh, Martinez was like, I've got to ride up the road. Even so, gets to 30 seconds. Rodriguez, who we've forgotten about, had attacked Soler <laughs> on that climb. He's gone clear. He's 30 seconds ahead of this group. And I must admit, I... I think I made a mistake, Benji. I thought they would... I thought they should bring Rodriguez back. I overestimated how well this group would work together and I thought they were going to catch him with 10Ks to go. So I thought they should bring Rodriguez back to pace and Martinez. In hindsight, obviously 
that wouldn't have been the best thing to do. But I don't know. How did you feel you sure? about it? I still think they should have called Carlos Rodriguez back. Because Martinez lost four seconds, right? On the bonus. Yeah, that as well. But that's in hindsight. I, you can't know that from beforehand. Yeah, Martinez is going to beat everyone else in this group. We can't know that from beforehand. But then you've got extra gap on the people behind. And in hindsight, yeah, Martinez would have won the stage again. But in the moment, I would have also gone for Carlos Rodriguez dropping back to the group. Because you can gain so much time on Adam Yates and Roglic and that takes away riders that can play a role on a raid stage like tomorrow. And that is very valuable on a stage like tomorrow. So that's where I see the value there. And yeah, that's potentially taking away stage win if you call back Carlos Rodriguez in that position in the race. But it's about winning GC. Ineos is a, is a $40 million uh, team not to win stage in Itzulia, but to win GCs. Yeah, I agree. That being said, I mean, it ended up working out fine for them, but I, I sort of, yeah, sided with the call in back, how that would work with morale. Might not have been great. This is the biggest <laughs> win going up the road. And Rodriguez yeah. is a fantastic descender. He lost no time on this descent to the group at all, who, as I said, weren't working that well together. This is still seven guys against one guy who's been in the break for a long time. He gets to the base of that climb. He has, it's like, the climb is really only like 400 meters, but it is, as I said, a feral climb. The rain's starting to fall. Their rear wheel is slipping. Rodriguez had 30 seconds, and that was evaporating fast on the climb. Meanwhile, the group behind with Roglic was a minute 10 behind the GC favorites group, and Roglic wasn't working. It was just a domestic for Guru. A minute 10. That's even no matter how hard you think tomorrow, that's a huge gap. The group's sort of, Martinez stopped working the group behind, Rodriguez goes, Pantani style, in the drops, wins the stage, nearly uh, gelds himself when his rear wheel slips on the last pinch and drops onto the his top tube. Biggest win of his career so far, incredibly talented. Seven seconds behind, Vlasov had let out uh, after Remco, he'd attacked, and then Remco caught him. Martinez then launches kind of off camera. Martinez, second, six bonus seconds. Remco, a generous two seconds behind. I think it was more like three and a half. He came third. Meanwhile, we're like, where the hell is Vlasov and Vingegaard? They crashed somehow. I still, We still haven't seen the footage. Hopefully, it's somewhere. I'm sure a spectator's taken it on their phone because it was right. It was literally... 30 meters from the finish. They'd fallen over into a hoarding uh, on the side and they had to get up and push their bikes in their cleats up this 20% pinch in the wet. Not a good finish for Yumbo Visma Benji. I'll do the top 10 and then we'll talk about all like what we think. Rodriguez wins the stage. Martinez second, seven seconds plus 10 bonus. Avonapol third, a really good performance from him on nine. Then Izaguirre Mas Bilbao on 11 to 13. Vlasov and Jonas... They finished 11 and 13 seconds behind Martinez because of that crash. They would have been same time, I I think, personally. Uh, Soler and Barcelo in the GC, well, not even the GC group, in the Yates group behind, he was on 107 and he dropped Roglic. He put eight seconds into him. That is, I don't know what that is, Benji. I think this was Jumbo Visma. This is my, my take on it. Yumbo Visma last year gave the jersey away to McNulty in Basque Country and Jonas was in the group and that worked out very well. And I think that was their plan today was to not have the jersey going into the Arate stage. But 
Jonas went with, I think, Bilbao, Izagira, and McNulty, and they didn't get a huge yeah. gap. It was like 30 seconds. This is every single GC leader apart from Roglic. And Jonas even worked with them for a little bit. And then he obviously had the disaster at the finish. I think this was not a good outcome for them. I agree. This was tactically not a good outcome. And also when it comes to Roglic, we don't know necessarily if he had a great form or not. According to his race interview afterwards, let's talk about that for a second. He said, we raced good. It went the way we wanted. My body is tired. Today was very hard. I could barely come to the finish, but we'll see tomorrow what that will bring. So a very vague interview combining tiredness, like always, every stage he says he's tired at this point, with the fact that this is how they wanted it. But if we take a look at the example of last year that you mentioned, Jumbo Visma before Arate in 2021, Roglic was second in GC on 23 seconds, Vingega was 28 seconds down in third, and McNulty was first, Pogacar was behind the two. This situation, let's say that Vingega didn't crash because they couldn't have predicted that, okay? Vingega would have been on roughly 16 seconds of GC, I think roughly on the podium. Roglic is eighth on 105. The big difference is that the first person in GC is Remco. And if Remco is first in GC now, that's not the same story as last year, where UAE tactically ended up fucking up when it comes to McNulty in the lead and Pogacar facing for McNulty in that stage. Next to that, there's also the addition to that, that I think Ineos is the biggest competitor for them in that top 10 right now with Martinez in second. Yes, Martinez's weakness is the sense, but I rate Martinez higher for tomorrow then Remco, perhaps, unless there's some crazy raid, which is interesting. We can go into that in a second. But about that raid, last year Astana was the one making that raid, not Yumbo. Yumbo used the raid of Astana. The only team I saw doing a raid tomorrow was Ineos, and now they don't need to do it. I mean, yeah, you're exactly. And they got Frailer, they got Rodriguez, they got Thomas, they got Gagan Hart. They got the horses to defend as well. They should be able to control that break. And five seconds here plus stage bonus, 10 seconds here plus stage bonus, that's something where you get to the base of Arate. If Roglic has great legs or Giannis, they can take it. You can't take a minute on Martinez, on Arate. So you, if you want to, I don't even know what they do. I think they have to try and go long with Roglic now. I mean, I'll mention yep. the stage profile because this is what really – it's a nasty one. 136Ks. It's like the Paranese Stage 8 stage on crack from Ibar to Arate. It is 5Ks, 65 7% all day. They have the Crabble in 4.1Ks at 10.5%, then a 5Ks, 5%, then an uphill false flight drag to the uh, Urzatsa climb. 4.6Ks, 8.5%. It goes without saying that all these averages. Uh, hide the fact that there's much, much steeper sections in this climb, particularly the Kravlin is nasty. I think Benji, I think Roglic has to attack on Kravlin and who's going to pace for him, I'm not sure. Hopefully Koos. Jonas then has to sit on the guys behind, but the other, the other hand, the other way of looking at this Benji is even if it's the lose the jersey strategy, which I don't think is a good idea to lose the jersey to have Martinez above you, I really think Martinez is a big, big favorite for GC here now. 
Um, Roglic still, there's no way the plan was to lose eight seconds to Yates on the line. Yeah, I I don't or lose more time. So that's an indication of bad legs. And in that, if that's the case, if it is the case that Roglic doesn't have it and he knows tomorrow he might even drop on Krabbelin, then is the strategy with Jonas actually fine? I would say no, because I still don't believe that Roglic did not respond because he didn't have the legs. I think Roglic did not respond because he saw Jonas respond. And I still think they could have both been in the group going to this finish if that decision was made better in that sense, or a different group was formed that was more beneficial. I think that part is the tactical failure today. I think the dropping at the end is indeed a signature of him not having the legs that he needs to actually take time otherwise if it was really that he had good legs and only a tactical mistake then at the end he would have still launched it on that 600 meter climb but he didn't do that today he stayed in the wheels now today was once again a bit of a shit weather day perhaps that had his influence again on Roglic he has that quite a few times in shitty weather but yeah I don't know I think it's both tactically and when it comes to the legs it wasn't perfect at all and it combined to the result we have now. And perhaps their plan was, like you said, to recreate the 2021 situation. But this is in no way the 2021 situation. No, and I think you have... It's not just Martinez, man. Like, what we, you just mentioned that the list from 2021, like, you have Vlasov, Mus, Bilbao, Izaguirre as well. They're all 30 seconds plus ahead on GC. And... How is Jonas going to take 30 seconds on Martinez? I guess a descent, but I don't know. It's 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 now very, very tricky. And I don't know. I have to think about it. I think, obviously, Martinez, there's a very, very clear way that he will lose this race, and that's being attacked on a descent. If I'm Izaguirre, I speak to Godou, I speak to Roglic, and I say, let's full send the most technical or fastest descent we have. Martinez literally cannot hold their wheel. He is a terrible descender. And in fact, the guys who were staying on his wheel when he was chasing Avonapol today, I was like, how is this not known by everybody? You cannot be on his wheel on a descent. Avonapol Benji, I'm probably underrating him a little bit. But I still think, what what what's his play tomorrow? Given that it's a long old stage to defend two seconds against Martinez and Ineos. If a raid happens, he needs to be following the raid, and otherwise he needs to be at the ends surviving. I don't see a, a situation where he can, like, I don't necessarily see a situation where Quickstep can make the race tomorrow, and he no. kind of requires that. He can get advantages in the sense, but he needs someone else to do raids for him then. Because it's going to be very difficult for... Yeah, Martinez's weakness is the sense. Like, it's pretty clear by now that Martinez is not a great descender. But it's going to be very hard for Remco to pull that off. Yes, can I just get out of the way that Remco's descending is underrated? Like, he has moments in the sense where he does stupid stuff. Like, we know that, where he's reacts to something in a way that he shouldn't respond to something, putting himself in danger. But when it comes to his pure descending skill, cornering and so forth, he's not terrible. And Martinez is a worse descender, in my opinion. Am I wrong in easily, that? Easily. Mas is worse. Mas is worse. Thing is, like, Mas just never goes above his comfortable speed. 
which Remco does, and then Remco will have a corner surprise him and will freak out, whereas Master's just like on the hoods, going 45Ks an hour, um, and Martinez can't descend. So, yeah, I agree. On, a, on the high-speed aerodynamic descents, Remco is really, really good. I think the fight for the break tomorrow will be insanely fierce. I hope. It was the same last year. It's where UAE actually began to lose the race was them stuffing up the initial breakaway formation. We have climbs close to the start. We have, well, I think it's going to be a shit fight for the first 50Ks, actually, in the Azuriki climb. I remember it being televised in full. I hope it's televised in full tomorrow because I remember Bevan and everyone trying to get in the break. Maori Van Sevenon needs to get in the break. Alaphilippe, anyone from Quickstep needs to try and get in that breakaway. And I think Ineos will try and get guys again. I think Yumbo should try and get Kus in the break if he if he can. But yeah, what do you think? Is it just Jonas now? I don't I don't even know. Is Vlasov? Vlasov is there too, looking good. The steep climbs really suit him. I think this is so open, Benji. I really if you showed me a bookmaker's odds for GC who comes away with it. I would be – I have no idea what the order should be. You know, even Izagira can win GC here. Like, he actually can. He's on 21 seconds. He looks really good. He's the best ascender apart from Bill Bow. If those two work together, two Basque guys, we've seen them on stage, I think, singing together on Basque public television. He's moved up into third. It's really open. Who's your pick to take out GC tomorrow? Ooh. My pick to take out GC tomorrow is going to be, like on paper, I'd say Martinez, but I do expect stuff to happen surrounding him. But on the other hand, Ineos has a strength and I do believe that Ineos has the race IQ capabilities in the car as well to make sure that if Martinez is in trouble, they've got a strong enough team to secure him. Like They got the best team here, easily. Yeah, so who takes GC? That's let me take a look at the GC once again for a second. We've got Martinez there in that second place. Vingegaard is on the twenty nine seconds. I find it hard to believe that Yumbo wins GC here. Like, well, other teams, has, other things have to fall in their lap. Other teams have to do things yeah. to help them make it happen. Like last year, they don't have the team to set much up themselves. Does Roglic ride as a domestique for Jonas? He's probably not. He's so he's in a really bad spot on GC where he's so yep. far behind, but he's also not on five minutes where if he's on five minutes, he's just clearly domestique. So that's complicated. I Yeah, I don't really... It's going to be difficult for them. And Jonas doesn't have... Like on a climb, Benji, on Arate, say they get to the base, all of these guys, do you think Jonas can put 25 seconds into Martinez? Not from what I've seen in the yeah. last two weeks. I'm going to go for the most... Insane scenario that is very unlikely to happen, but would be the most entertaining thing to happen. Because launches Roglic on that crumbling climb, and Roglic wins this stage and wins GC. <laughs> I don't see it. There'll be too many GC neither, guys chasing behind. You're right. Oh no, obviously. I, yeah, what you've said with, is not. With Obao <laughs> in the descent, with Obao in the descent, with Izagiri in the descent, three riders there, with Godou again, four riders, but Ineos is going to be there like. Unless when Martinez drops, they decide to pull everybody back. But then, like, tomorrow's stage is also important because satellite riders come into play there, but which teams have satellite riders here? And then I look at 
at Jumbo. They, they lost Milan Vader, for example. They can try with the likes of Harper and Lemreze to send something up the road. Pascal Enkorn, I find hard to believe to get up the road when it comes to that initial uphill start and so forth. So I don't see it in that sense. Sepkaz is the only rider in that team that I'd see as a potential satellite rider, but not really for the flat there. Or perhaps Harper. When it comes to Bahrain, they've got satellite riders. Luis yep. Sanchez, Novak, Bernsteiner. Well, he's a bit small when it comes to Arrow for the uh, flat section, but he could probably do uh, some stuff there. Nah, he's good. He's useful in this. He's useful in this. I'm going Should... with Bilbao GC. Okay. I'm going to go with Solaire GC. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's like, look at 30. the team of UAE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're very, very strong. They actually worked well for Ulysses the other day. This is uh, never no, going to work, Soler. No, that's really spading. <laughs> I think no, there's, no. A, there's a Basque raid. It's the law. Yeah. There has to be a Basque raid on You're the right. Arate stage. Izaguira, yeah. he's got Lefay. Lefay is a G, as a satellite rider, a serious guy. Bilbao, yeah. Izaguira, team up on everybody, fight it out in the yeah. last climb. How's Flazov descending? Eh, not great. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, figuring, figuring that out. Like, I would love a scenario. I love. I would love for cycling to have a scenario where Remco takes Basque Country, so that we have him as like, so that people stop shitting him on him when it comes to GC, and also next to that, that we have like that extra potential competitor again in GCs in the future, because we've said before that his GC has not been his best point so far, and the steep sections on Arati should on paper not be good for him, but I'd like to see him do well. Yeah, it's fucked on Kravlin. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Out, they might not work, and then there might be mass sabotaging yeah. the group. It, like, it's going to be exciting. Like everybody could like, like you said it. Everybody in the top ten, well, not let's say everybody in the top five or six or seven could end up winning GC here. And yeah. the thing with Vlasov is the problem is his team for me. And Higita dropped out DNS this morning, so. Yeah, it's not very strong. There, but Kemna could also be a satellite rider. Buchmann could be. Okay. Nah. Buchmann was know. pretty strong today, though, and Kemna was also pretty much at the front for a while. So I'm going to go with Vlasov eventually. Let's ditch all my previous picks. Vlasov is my go. No, I would have gone with Vlasov if he hadn't lost that stupid time in the crash. He would have been. Yep. I would have 100% gone with Vlasov. Yep. I had him for top three in the stage. But yeah, that 15 seconds. Uh, but yeah, it's impossible to predict exactly what will happen. It's a must watch stage tomorrow on saturday before amstel gold on sunday um but yeah lots to talk about at bass country as the same as last year uh the only other note was the circuit circuit sorry cyclist south two-one race at uh, the last stage all of which looked the same olav koi won that stage ahead of murissa uh in a two-up sprint viviani third apparently i heard that head and he also took out gc olav koi so Nice result for him there. Uh, Pedersen crashed Mads Pedersen in it was very windy yeah. conditions. I haven't seen reports of his. I did. Is he all right or anything broken? Um, they said he should be all right for a bay. He okay. isn't hurt. He fell in the last five-ish kilometers in a, in the rain, and it was like I think he crashed over Gujar, who fell in front of him. It was just a stupid rainy crash, and it's unfortunate because he was looking so good, and hopefully he can keep that up. But I hope you enjoyed listening as always. Make sure to give us a review on podcast players if that's where you listen, especially on Spotify. They've introduced that fairly recently. Thanks as always for your support. Uh, and we'll see you at the Basque Recap tomorrow. Let us know who you think will win. I'm sure one of you will be right. That's the law of averages. Thanks <laughs> as always. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 